Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. For another opportunity to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit, to hear your word, to receive life for our lives, to be nearer to heaven after the whole week of life, tiredness, exhaustion, experiences, some good, some not good. We thank you for an opportunity to come before the word of life, the word of the king of kings, not the word of man or the ideas of a human being, but the word of almighty Jehovah El Shaddai. Father, we pray that our hearts will be open. We pray that you speak to us. We pray that our lives will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, please. Um, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we have been sharing uh, during this service about the subject of success, the road to success. So we've completed that, and uh, we went through so many points um, the road on the road to success. Today we want to start on a brand new um, subject, the enemies of success. Amen. And the first enemy is debt. Debt. The enemy called debt. Amen. Are you there? Now, I believe that as people progress in life, Sometimes we do the right thing and the enemy comes in and leads us into um, certain things which destroy all that we're trying to do. I believe that debt is one of the enemies of true success. Amen. Many people feel they have to borrow to make it. I believe you do not have to borrow to make it. Amen. I believe you don't have to owe anybody. And I believe that a Christian should have faith and believe God not to borrow. Now, somebody may say, well, you are not a businessman. And you don't know what it means to do business. At times we have to speak like fools for people to understand. Lighthouse Chapel International is a multinational organization which is a church, multinational and national organization. We are in almost all the regions of this country. We are all over Accra and we own several buildings, properties, we employ several people. 
and uh, we are engaged in so many things which are very secular. Although we are a church, there is a certain secular aspect of the church which is real. We have to grapple with and we have to deal with. And in all our dealings, up to where we are now, the Lord has brought us to this point without owing anybody anything. Amen. 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 We don't owe anything. We don't owe, we don't owe anybody. We don't owe anybody. We don't own any building which we are paying for, which we haven't finished paying for. We own where we are. We paid Captain Cinema long ago about $100,000 for this building five years ago. Actually, next week Sunday is our five years anniversary since we moved to this building. Next week Sunday, five years ago. Amen. Look, if you are clapping, clap. If you don't want to clap, just don't clap. All right, besides. And um, it's five years since the Lord brought us here and established us. And um, there's a lot of business. When I say business, I don't mean trading. But there's a lot of, you know, secular administrative work and accounting and, you know, real business work that goes into managing what we are managing. Uh, When you come to the church, let's say one afternoon or one day, and you see... You know, 100 people here working, some casting, something there, some doing this. Lighthouse is paying for all that. We are paying for that. All those people are employed by the church. Directly or indirectly. It is the church's money that is being used for all that. So, you can see from that that there is some amount of management that goes in and has gone into bringing us to where we are. And there are several ways to go about the same thing. But I'll tell you something. I believe that one of the things that kills the success that God is bringing to people is debt. You see, supposing we have all this and then one day it just comes up. Oh, we owe 200 million. And they are taking us to court now for the 200 million. After all our show. You follow what I mean? Then it's like, now, yeah, so after all, the cars are all debts. You have to pay this, pay that, pay that, pay that. I don't believe that. One time I was uh, driving a car and somebody said, Oh, how, how much do you pay every month for this car? I said, What do you mean every month? I said, We pay for this car last year. We don't owe any money. We don't owe any money for any car. Amen. Amen. We don't owe any money for any, anything that we are doing. And I believe that it is... You see, it is something that you can either have in your mind that I have to borrow, or you can have in your mind I can do my business, I can live and I can sit without owing anybody. One of the people I learned that from is my own father-in-law. I don't know so much about his business, but one thing I know is that he doesn't owe people. And many times when you see flashy people, I say, all oh, these things are loans. People moving around, flashy cars, businesses, and looking very, all are loans. <laughs> it's not real. Yeah, that's loans, 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 loans to buy cars, loans to... Even the development in our country, a lot of it is loans. It's not real. Amen. And, and, and if you go abroad, it's even worse. In England, what? 
They will say, buy now and pay in six months' time. Buy now, pay later. Everything you can buy with a card, no money at all, nothing. Just buy and then you'll be paying. You see, what you must realize is that they are contracting you as their laborer. Because when they get you to owe them $20,000, it means you are going to work for them for the next two years. For the next day. So they, are actually, they actually have workers in town. All the people who owe the bank are actually workers for the bank. Only they haven't registered at Barclays Bank or Standard Chartered, but they are all workers. Because at the end of the day, the borrower is a servant to the lender. He works for the lender. He's now an employee for the lender. And I believe that God can lift us up without borrowing. Borrowing is a spirit. And if you go abroad, you find that that spirit is there even more so. They don't, I mean, they don't understand cash. It's a spirit. But there are a few people who believe God. For instance, Pastor Billy Joe Doty, who came here. He's from America. He has written a book about building without debts. Without owing, building by cash. He is one of the few pastors who believes in building without owing anybody cash. What the church has is what they will use. When they don't have, they don't borrow. And you should go and see the building that he has built and the churches and the land and everything that he has opposite Oral Roberts University. Cash. He has written a book about it. I was surprised when I saw it because America, you see, some people feel that there's a system. You don't know what you're talking about. When you talk about business, you are not a businessman. If you are doing business, we have to borrow two million, go and buy this, come and sell it, get our profit and go and pay back the two million. There are other ways of doing business. You can do the same business without owing. And so I believe that death is a spirit. There are some people who come to church wearing Auntie Tamar's dress, Auntie Eradua's hat, Auntie Lucy's shoes, and everything. <laughs> everything they are wearing, it belongs to somebody else. Driving Uncle Kweku's car. And they come and everybody is impressed by his Aunt Amma's dress. His Aunt Rajwa's shoes. Auntie Lucy's hat. And then the wig too. The wig too is for uh, Auntie Lucy. <laughs> When you wear wigs, you must be careful because if somebody is angry with you, he can hold it and then slap you with it. (laughs) I am not mincing my words. I am preaching against borrowing money. I'm preaching against borrowing anything. I don't believe in borrowing things. If... I don't have, I don't have. When I have, I will have. When I don't have, I don't have. I don't believe in borrowing sound systems. Yeah, there are some people, everything they have is borrow. Borrow, 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 borrow. I don't believe in borrowing cars. My father told me, never drive somebody's car. That's what my father told me when he was alive. Don't drive somebody's car. And from the time he told me that I don't drive people's cars. You can have even Pastor Eddie and Reverend Saki. I don't drive the car. They say I'm spoiling their car. 
time I took my car to the workshop, somebody said, oh, you can use my car. Well, as I said, no, I'll take taxi. I'll take a trot-trot. I'll take drop-in. Fine. I'll walk. I don't have a car. I don't have a car. I don't see why I should borrow your car. Yeah. And there are some people, they borrow everything. And they are confident in the borrowing. <laughs> you sit and spot in somebody's dress and somebody's hat. And they are sliding. <laughs> Can you spot it? Oh, yeah. It's from London. From where? It's from somebody's house at Mata Eko and you are wearing the dress. Five reasons. Five reasons why you shouldn't borrow. Number one. You want some more reasons? Number one. First reason why you should not borrow. It is risky prosperity. You see, the first reason, sorry, is it is false prosperity. And the second reason is it is risky prosperity. You see, when I say that it is false prosperity, I mean you look prosperous when you borrow, but not real. Amen. Amen. I said you look prosperous when you borrow something and people don't know how you came about it you look great but it's not real it's not real because they're going to come up turn your Bible with me to Exodus 22 just a few scriptures if a man borrow out of his neighbor and it be hurt or die the owner thereof be not with it he shall surely make it good. Exodus twenty-two fourteen. But if the owner thereof be with it, he shall not make it good. If it be a hard thing, it came for his heart. Now, right there, the Bible is saying, if you borrow something, okay, and it be hurt or and it die, you have to make it good. Now, although people see you doing the business with somebody's ox, really you don't have an ox. People are impressed. They see you using the car. They see you doing the business. They see you doing things. But in reality, you don't have anything. And that is why if it dies, or if something happens to it, you now have to rise up and buy one for the person. Why didn't you buy yours in the first place if you are going to have to pay for it when it gets hurt or when it dies? Amen. I mean, because the Bible says that if you borrow something from someone and it gets hurt or something happens to it, you have to pay for it. And if you are going to be able to pay for it, why didn't you get yours the first time? That would have been better. And many people go into business owing, 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 owing. You are building your chicken farm, all are dead. What about if their chickens die? What about if this happens? What about if that happens? You have to make it good. That means you have to rise up and go and find money to pay for all the things which you maybe you could have decided that, look, I'm going to raise money and buy my oxen now. Instead of waiting for something bad to happen, then you rise up and organize to pay for the thing. It doesn't make sense. It is not real prosperity. Amen. And let me tell you something. People who borrow are always trying to impress others. 
Don't try to impress anybody. Amen. Don't try to impress anybody. Because if you live a life trying to impress people, that is when you are going to be forced to borrow money to do things. You are going to have to impress people with cars. Sometimes pastors. You know, sometimes pastors can make some very funny remarks. Sometimes you see a pastor walking on the roadside and then, so I, I heard some pastors one make, once making some nasty remarks. I mean, some remarks. He said, ah, look at him walking. Look at him walking. I told you he's not called. I told you he's not called. If he was called, he would not be walking. <laughs> As though being called, if you are called, it means you must have a car. Is that not so? One time I had some meetings with the pastors. The cars which the pastors came with. I said, wow. They are, they are, they are really called. <laughs> the sort of cars. You, 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 if you don't take care, and you see, those are some of your colleagues. You see, we are often influenced by our colleagues. You can be forced to go and do something which you shouldn't do. Or maybe which you are not ready for. Amen. Amen. I believe in nice cars. I believe in four-wheel drive. I believe when I'm traveling on the road, somewhere I should sit in a four-wheel drive. I believe that that is what should be. I don't think it's any extra thing. We are buying four-wheel drives for all our regional pastors, those who are in places and they travel. It's nothing. A car is just a shoe. You just wear it and throw it away. It's nothing. Amen. These are, these are just objects that we use and go away. But if you are not there, don't force yourself to enter into it. Our church, we have four-wheel drive cars. We don't owe any money to anybody. Get that straight. It was easy for us to buy when we bought it. We didn't struggle to buy. And we, didn't, we don't owe people. We don't owe any car company around. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not try to impress people. There are some wives who put pressure on their husbands. We are always sweating. We are always sweating. Always walking. Have you not seen Helena? When she comes with her husband, you, 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 what? <laughs> you see, there's a, you see in the chair. That's why I'm not saying you see. You see. And you see, They'll be putting pressure. Eh? Look at that. We are always sweating, handkerchief, sweating, sweating. When will you buy a car? Eh? Where here? When will you buy a car? We are always sweating, sweating. And you are forcing him to, to buy a car. Then maybe he has bought a car. Eh? You can't buy a car, no air condition. No air condition. What, what sort of car is this? You are another pressure. Wives, you see, wives, they are very quiet and they smile nicely in church, but Charlie. In fact, <laughs> why is that powerful people? Who? <laughs> Gone and bought a car, no air conditioning the car. What sort of husband are you? Have you not seen Yofi? What school does your child go to? Montessori International Love School. Hey! Ah! Oh, yeah! We paid dollars. 
$100 a month, a term. Ah, what school does your child go to? Uh, Saito International Class 4. <laughs> Saito. How much do you pay? $20,000. When others are paying $500, you are paying $20,000 for Saito International Day Nursery Care Center. Then you come home. Eh? Eh? Others are going to Montessori. Montessori. Come on, let. Go in here. In here. Just uh, uh, 25000 That's what you want to pay for your child. We are taking our child to Montessori next, next, next term. Love Montessori. Love Montessori. $500. Where is your husband going to get $500 from? Go and borrow. I don't know. We are going to love Montessori. No more Saito International Daycare Center. <laughs> Now the husband is, is hot. He has to buy, he has to go and get money to do something that he cannot do. Amen. And then you force yourself into it. Just because of comparison. Kenneth Hagin, when you read the story, when his wife uh, writes her book, you read it, you see she talks about the wife, talks about how they went to convention. She didn't have dress. She didn't have anything. She had to borrow even a dress to wear. Nothing. She, they would be in the, in the, in the cabin and they would, they would put papers in the little spaces in the wall to prevent the cold air from coming in. And they were just poor. When it was just preaching. And others would be looking and say, hey, what are you doing? People who were called to the ministry, they left the ministry. They, they went to be welders. They went to be other things. And she was just moving on with her husband. But you see, a wife can put pressure on the husband. Do what others are doing. Do what others are doing. Do what others are doing. No. We've got to be careful. Amen. That you don't force yourself into a false thing. Because when, when you go into a false thing, it will come crumbling down. I said it will come crumbling down. It will all crumble down one day. Everything that you force yourself into just fall. We are building your house and you want to put Italian marble when the best for you to is to paint the floor with red paint and just be free for the meantime. When I moved to stay in my house, there was no, there was nothing the floor. It was sand. I didn't have even one louver in the house. Yeah, that was what I could afford. And I'm moving and that's what I had. And I'm still building up till today. I'm not going to force myself. I live, I live at Dansoman. Somebody told one of the pastors, hey, hey. You must, must move from that village. So, no, that's where I am. Uh, okay, okay. Come to, you know, the areas. You know what areas we're talking about? Come on, where are the areas? Yes, sir. And then where again? Airport, Laboni. Hey, I should force myself to go to an airport and Laboni. And who's going to pay the rent? No, I'm happy. Amen. Don't force yourself to do things. People say, hey, where do you are? What, what do you do? What do you do? No, no. Just be yourself. Be yourself. I said, be yourself. Be yourself. Don't try to move in classes and groups. If you are moving the class and they are doing too high and mighty things, just pull back and move to another group that you can flow with. Yeah. Amen. Don't, don't, try to, don't try to make yourself what you are not because you will force yourself into something which you cannot sustain. Oh, that's right. yes, yes. Mm. Amen. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. All right. So the first reason is that it is false prosperity. Okay. And the next reason is that it is prosperity that is very risky. Now look at 2 Kings chapter 6. Second Kings chapter 6. And the sons, verse 1. And the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell, we dwell with us, with thee, is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam. And let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. Verse 3. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down the wood. Are you reading with me? Are you there? Second Kings chapter 6, verse 5. Then verse 6, verse, verse 5. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Ajay! Alas, is the King James form of Ajay. Ajay, master. Why? For it was borrowed. Problems were coming. Because it was borrowed. If it wasn't borrowed, there would have been no problem. And it had to take a miracle. And the man of God said, where fell it? Verse 6. And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he took it out of his hand and he took it. Amen. I mean, I mean perhaps Elisha may not be there to come and work a miracle to deliver you. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, when you go home today, if you have something in your house that's not for you, tell it, pack the thing. Alas, it was borrowed. Alas. What about if they steal it? Yeah. What about if they Alas, it was a borrowed something. That has been stolen. Amen. Borrowed dress, borrowed hat, borrowed shoes, borrowed blender, borrowed iron, borrowed everything. Why? Rice cooker borrowed. Iron that you iron, you've borrowed. Believe God for your own iron. Because when the iron spoils, you have to go and buy an iron. And you have bought an iron for somebody now. It's too risky. That's why my father told me. My, my, my father didn't read it from the Bible. He just told me, Dad, never drive somebody's car. Is that clear? Yes, Daddy. Finish. Don't drive, don't drive people's things. Don't use people's system. I used to have a friend. He would borrow everything. Sound system. Borrow, 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 borrow. And he'd be playing. Say, hey, Charlie, you don't fear to borrow things. That's what he has done all his life. The next reason why you shouldn't borrow, and I'll tell you, the next reason why you shouldn't borrow is the reason why people borrow. You see, the reason why people borrow is they are trying to solve a problem. But the next reason why you shouldn't borrow is because it is a risky solution followed by worse problems. It's a solution to your problem. Maybe you need money to do this, to do this. But it is something that has the potential to be followed by worse problems. Don't turn far. Just go two steps back to 2 Kings chapter 4. 
And it says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, have you found it? Second Kings 4 1. She was crying to the man. He said, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Amen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thy handmaid has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Amen. Dr. Joyce, look at this carefully. This is a man, a woman, man who had a problem. He went to borrow money. You get it? And the husband died. All right? When the husband died, a worse problem was coming. Isn't it bad, Betty, for your husband to die? It's a big problem. But not only that now, your husband is dead, now you owe money. And then, it's a bad problem to have your husband die, and then you're owing money. Then now, the person who you owe has come for your children. What you have left when you are a widow. You see, when you are a widow, people visit you during the funeral time. After that, they all go to their houses. They may or may not remember you. When my mother became a widow, I began to understand what it means to be a widow. Nobody remembers you. Nobody, no many people who call themselves relatives, very few of them have ever passed, have ever darkened the doorway of her house with their shadow. <laughs> Do you understand when I say darken the doorway with your shadow? Okay, they have not gone there at all. Everybody will come around at the funeral, but after that, you may be left with you and your children. Now, a worse problem is coming. They are coming for your children as well. Like, is it not a serious problem? It's very serious. And you, the man thought that he was, he was solving his problems by going to borrow money. But sometimes, and you notice that many people who borrow money are actually making the problem worse. They think they are succeeding, but I'm telling you today that debt is an enemy of success. It makes you a servant. It makes you, it takes you into bondage. It's too risky. If you are believing God to go up, go up without owing. Even in London, Lighthouse, we have properties there. I mean, it's not only Ghana we have properties. We have properties abroad. We don't owe any money. When we were writing checks and so on, one of the people said, this is the first time I've seen it. Cash. We are buying buildings. Cash, 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 cash. I said, yeah. I said, I've not seen some before in London. I said, yeah, we are doing it for you to learn. We just write the check. and said, here, we have bought it. No mortgage, that, all this, no. Nothing, just cash. One day I, I was in London, we went to a building, so a church was having it. We, we hired a place for a wedding. When we got there, I met a certain young pastor. He said, hey, you know, we've bought all this place. I said, yeah, all this place, said, yeah. A church which is a branch from a church in Ghana. They have bought some huge buildings, this and that. I said, wow, really? Yeah. Oh, here's for us, for us, for us. I said, wow, we bought it. Then... I said, well, that's a great thing to buy, you know, such a powerful building. Then I just began to ask a few more questions. So, I mean, what sort of buying is this? What well, they are buying and they are buying. 
and said that. Then they mentioned the thousands of pounds that they are paying mortgage a month. I said, wow. Me, I don't have the faith or the wisdom for such a thing. If the Lord leads me, perhaps one day the Lord will lead me for such a thing, but I don't have, I don't have the faith for that now. What about if you are in the church and the members are annoyed and half of them go? Every month you are supposed to pay 5,000 pounds. And then one day when you are preaching, you preach and they are annoyed. They say, why? The pastor is proud. We are annoyed. We are going to Gubligop International Ministries. Then they go. Then the income divides into two. No, in fact, it divides into, into, into four because the main financier, you see, sometimes people who give a lot of money, they, 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 want to, they want to talk and bring their mind on everything. In our church, we don't have anybody who brings his mind on everything. There is no any person here who tells us, we do this, we do that. Administrators, look, my chartered accountant, I was with him when he was coming up. He was after school, he was learning for the exam for years. That's my chartered He's not a chartered accountant. That's my chartered I'm not going to bring any person from anywhere to come be a chartered He's the person who has grown up with me when we were at Agbado. He was the, he was the accountant. He was counting the money. He's qualified. Good, good, good advice. He has advised me very well up to this point. And my administrators, they are very great. My computer guys, powerful guys. There's no, you don't need anybody. Our lawyers are great. These are the lawyers. Just hey. around. <laughs> And there are people who have given big amounts of there are people who have given millions at one stretch. But when you give millions, what we would tell you is thank you. Finish. That's all. Thank you. Bless you. It's over. No strings attached. Thank you for your million. If you want to talk with the million, don't bring the million. Pay the millions and just go away. Not go away, but don't you are not an administrator. Or an advisor by virtue of you giving money. That doesn't qualify you to speak and advise. Thank God for your money. Amen. Amen. Otherwise, the church will spoil. Now, I'm, I'm afraid because there's one rich man here, one rich lady here, one businessman here. They are the main people that give. When I do something against them, then they will start. We will see this man. We will see. Whether you eat, we will see. And then, lo and behold, she will also not pay this man when the offering is supposed to come instead of getting. Uh, 800,000 the offering, we are now getting 250,000. Because of what I preached. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to bless us all. But he doesn't want us to solve the problems that we are having by getting into worse problems. Things get worse. Worse. I've tried to borrow before. I've tried. Sometimes we pray about things and God doesn't answer. Sometimes it's a blessing we don't know. When we were trying to buy this church, I wrote letters to the rich people in Ghana. You know all the rich people. They are not many. Most of them will be arrested by, for being rich. But those, the few who are left, you see that we wrote to them. Nobody minded us. Even Christians. No, we can't help you. We wrote to the bank and we said, we want to borrow money. We said, church. We don't lend to church. Because they said, that if they sell the church building, nobody can buy. 
So we were forced to just have what we had. From 240,000, started struggling, saving. I was driving my Renault 4. Do you remember my Renault 4? AA5469. Do you remember? Well, that's not the car number. Yeah. Yeah. ARD5664. Renault 4. Train, train, push and pull, push and pull, push and pull. I'll go and see pastors with Mercedes Benz. I say, if I'm shooting, say, oh yeah, cool. Cool. So they all of them respect me. And they see me say, oh yeah. If it's show of whatever it is, Charlie, go what our face should be an air. It's not be a small show. You'll be afraid. But you say, coolly. You see, because when you just cool, moving up, so people meet me and say, hey, Charlie, you, you, have, you, are, you are suddenly successful. You have come up too fast. It's not true. We've been here for a long time. They didn't know. We've been struggling here for a long time. Decide not to be in debt. Otherwise, it's going to get you to work. You are borrowing money to improve your business. Your business can easily get worse. Borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. Ask the person next to you, do you borrow from Peter to pay Paul? What did they say? As a person next to you, are you wearing your own shoes? <laughs> the other person, are you sure? 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 All right. The next reason, we just finished this thing up today. The next reason is that it is prosperity with bondage. Proverbs 22, verse 7. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is a servant. To the lender that is the next reason why you shouldn't borrow because it is borrowing it is prosperity with bondage 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 many people can't pay first and best because they have to pay 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 amen if you are free even when god blesses you don't have anything to pay you are free free man amen and the last reason is that it is expensive prosperity. It costs something to borrow. It will cost you friendships, relationships, good friends, you know. And when you are going to borrow money, usually you borrow it from a person you know well. You go and see your good friend, Akos, and tell her, please, lend me so and so and so. I want to just do something. I'll bring it back next week. Next week comes, and the problem has got worse. And you borrow the money. And the person is in charge, in church, waiting to see you. And when you see the person coming, you don't even mind the person. You just walk as if you haven't seen the person. You pass by. Why? Because you are owing the person. There are members who owe each other and they don't flow in church. Ah, sometimes we, the pastors, they will come to our office. I'm going to arrest this person. And we say, please don't arrest him. I've had church members say, this person owes me. She owes me. She owes me. He owes me. He owes me. He's not paying. What, what, also, we the pastors, what do we do? And I have also learned, I don't, I don't lend money. To, I'll show you the solution. I'll rather give rather than lend. If Christian asks you money, dash him. Don't lend. If there's something I can give you, I'll give you and help you, but I'll not lend it to you. Many people can we give them money, say, I will pay you back. No, we don't. Bless you. Somebody came for money and said, you pay back. I said, no, it's for you. Bless you. Bless you, my son. Bless you, my daughter. 
And otherwise, one day, you may see me in the church and you know that you are supposed to pay when you see me. Because of the more money that you owe me, look at the big tongues that you are speaking. Give the Lord a shout, come on. Just because you owe me, look at the big tongues. You see me, and then you squeeze your face, and you are just moving. One time, one of my church members, I have a church member, I remember, he was owing me a lot of money. He stopped coming to church. He stopped. Yeah, because if he sees me, I said, child, where's my money? My friend Sakitu was feeling sorry for somebody. The person came and says, his wife is dead, something, 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 so he's coming for money. 40,000 at that time, but maybe now it'll be about 400,000. So Reverend Saki gave him the money. Oh, next week, next week, where dodge? Next week, where dodge? ah. Reverend Saki said he was great. Reverend Saki has followed this man to 37 hospitals, so many places, up to today. <laughs> uh, have you got your money back? I'm forgiving him. Huh? I'm forgiving him. You're forgiving him. <laughs> okay. He's lost. And he's left the church too. And we don't want our members to leave the church. Because of 40,000. Alas, it was borrowed. Expensive. You can prosper. How many chickens does it take to start a chicken farm? Where two or three are gathered in my name. <laughs> Have you not read that scripture? Yes. Then why are you looking for hundred? Where two or three are gathered? People have high falutin ideas. Be practical. Be practical. Sometimes pastors are going to start churches. They want to get complimentary card, briefcase, constitution, registration. I said, my friend, you don't need constitution. You don't need registration. You don't need complimentary card. You don't need briefcase. Just go and stand in the classroom and start. Don't bring yourself. People want to do pompous things. Be practical. Two or three chickens gathered, they will be okay. You start with it. How many are going to believe God to move into the two or three and then move ahead without them? Come on, give the Lord a clap and stand to your feet. Let's stand to our feet. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Ask the Lord to deliver you from the spirit of death. Be free from death. Oh, nobody from today. Next week we look at alternatives to death. Just lift up your hand and free yourself from owing anything to anybody about anything. God will prosper you without owing. God will give you business capital without borrowing. You'll be blessed. Jesus, we worship and we praise your name. Matu mamandele. Oh, speak to the Lord, I tell you. God wants to establish us. And he wants to bless us in such a way that when we are blessed, we are actually blessed. It's not false blessing. It's not pseudo blessing. It's not risky blessing. It's not blessing that leads to worse problems. No, it's true blessing of the Lord. 
Mando shaka baranda la mamanda. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, we worship and we praise you. Father, we thank you. Lay your hands on your head. Father, I break the spirit of debts, the spirit of owing, the spirit of prosperity that is false, risky, that is deceptive, that is not real, that is not true, that is so expensive, that costs relationships and lives. In Jesus' name, we break it and we release everybody into true prosperity, into prosperity that is permanent, prosperity and success that is real. In Jesus' name. Be loosed and be blessed and be set free in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord a mighty shout and a clap of praise. Give the Lord a clap and a shout of praise. Before I sit down, I want to pray for one or two people here. Maybe you are here today. Somebody invited you to church. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe somebody invited you to church. But deep down in your heart, you know you are not a true Christian. Maybe you are a Christian, but you're not a good Christian. Or maybe deep down in your heart, you know that if you were to die today or tomorrow, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to God today. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand. Stand wherever you are, but lift up your hand, and I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. I see your hand. Lift it up high. Pastor, pray for me. Today, I want to give my heart to God. I want to serve God with all my heart from today. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a good Christian. Pastor, pray for me. If you are here like that, just your right hand. Lift it up high and I'll pray with you. God bless you. I see all your hands that are lifted up. I see all your hands that are lifted up. Now, those of you who have lifted up your hands, just come. I'm standing here. Come to me from where you are. Come to stand right here. Come to me from wherever you are. I'm going to pray for you. Come from the back. Come from the side. Come from wherever you are. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be a good Christian. I want to serve God from today. Pastor, pray for me. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a good Christian. I don't know God. I want to know God today. Pray for me, Pastor. Come to the front. I'm going to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. God, keep clapping for them. Keep clapping for them. Thank you, Jesus. There's still room for one more. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. There's room for one more. God bless you. Please close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes and everybody say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus. Those in front from your heart, say this, Lord Jesus. Today, I realize, I realize that I don't know you. But today, I humble myself. 
please come into my heart wash my heart of all my sins cleanse me Lord in the blood of Jesus wash my heart Lord of every sin of every evil today I repent say it after me today I repent and I take Jesus as my savior please write my name in the book of life from today I am yours and you are mine thank you father in Jesus name amen hallelujah why don't you put your hands together for these wonderful people praise the Lord Jesus wonderful all you wonderful people here what's your name sir Bonnie bless you bless your heart amen Bonnie God is going to do something great with your life from today amen what's your name Nana Ampa bless you amen from today you are a new man amen you know there's a, one of our great men of God is standing over look over there pastor Eddie right they want to see you look look over there this pastor there's one of the most anointed men God has raised up in our nation amen and he's going to take you and just speak with you and pray for you and you are blessed that he's going to spend a few minutes with you so I want you to just follow him there he's going to take you downstairs God bless you so just go this way ashes help them Jojo God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.